Yo, what's happening? It's MMD here with Chapter 9 of Steal Like an Artist by Austin Cleon. On this week's Garbage Cast, it's... Yo, this is lit. Oh, I just bumped into the grill. I'm sorry, I'm in the studio. I'm not used to the overhead mic. Normally I do this outside. Anyways, Chapter 9. Be boring, it's the only way to get work done. It starts off with a quote, but let's just skip it. The first subtitle of the chapter is Take Care of Yourself. This being International Self-Care Day, I thought it was very important to try and at least record this episode before the day is finished. This whole chapter is about, of course, taking care of yourself in different facets of your life. When it comes to steal like an artist, uh, as a creative maxim, it means first in this subchapter, um, countering the perception of the self-destructive artist. So the first part I highlighted is this. That whole romantic image of the creative genius doing drugs and running around and sleeping with everyone is played out. It's for the superhuman and the people who want to die young. The thing is, it takes a lot of energy to be creative. You don't have that energy to waste on other stuff. What that means to me is, if current events have instilled one lesson for me, it is that self-care is important. The creative and self-destructing artist is not sustainable and definitely, definitely leads to more missed hours creating if left to their own devices. In fact, it does take energy to be creative. And if it didn't, there would be no barrier to entry. And energy is also required to hone your craft as well. If you want to get better, you can't be focused on getting better in a health sense. You only have so much energy and time. The notion that art is made of misery or pain emotional or physical, often leads to quitting, either being creative or more drastically quitting life. You may be able to create in misery, but that doesn't mean that you can do it constantly. Eventually, it's going to take, your toll, take its toll on you as a person. How many brilliant tortured artists retire? So the author says it's best to assume that you'll be alive for a while. It's for this reason Patti Smith tells young artists to go to the dentist. He says, eat breakfast, do some push-ups, go for long walks, get plenty of sleep. Neil Young saying it's better to burn out than fade away. He says, and I mean the author says, it's better to burn slow and see your grandkids. So the next chapter is stay out of debt. Um, it's all about realizing uh, physical responsibility as soon as you can because that's the next big detriment to artists. The um, penniless artist is, of course, because most millennials have no concept of money. But I can't speak to more than what's written in the text. So let's go back to it. The art of holding on to money is all about saying no to consumer culture, saying no to takeout, to $4 lattes, 
and that shiny new computer when the old one still works. And personally, I've struggled with this advice all my life. The idea of, of money and saving it, it's kind of difficult for me. I'm always trying to fill certain holes in my life with things. And money itself can be very intoxicating because all of a sudden you can go from not having the ability to own or do things and then you're placed into this position of having. Like I remember like when you go to college or university, you know, people referring to student loans as like beer loans or like beer money. I mean, that's part of that poor fiscal mindset that the author's talking about. Stay out of debt, develop a budget, get a fiscal plan in order, and try and stick to it as much as you can. The sooner you can do that, the better. Then more blackout word poetry. Uh, the next subtitle is Keep Your Day Job. The author says, The truth is, is that even if you're lucky enough to make a living off of doing what you truly love, it will probably take a while to get to that point. Until then, you'll need a day job. For advice on how to become a professional podcaster, this is not the podcast for you. I've never approached this from a, I'm going to make money at this some way, somehow uh, perspective. It's always been a passion or hobby for me. I may take it seriously. I may go to great lengths to improve my craft, but I always know that is not a vehicle for stardom. Um, if you're looking at how to make money at podcasting, there's a lot of people who are going to try and tell you you need to do this or that. For example, uh, I remember like PodCamp Toronto, uh, Humble and Fred was speaking once and they said, what you need to do is spend $20,000 and get $20,000 worth of uh, basically putting in T1s and getting sure SM7Bs and pro studio equipment. And that's not at all how you create a good podcast. Making it sound good is only one fraction of what makes a podcast popular. I mean, at the end of the day, you are competing against a multitude of podcasts and other digital media. So really it comes down to how compelling the content is and word of mouth. I treat this like a well-made diary or scrapbook. And through Steel Like an Artist, I've learned to borrow or cut out pieces of things that I like from my peers or betters and add them to my own work. But that is to say, this is all for my personal expression. I'm not looking to make money off of my scrapbook. So the next part he says is that in referring to a day job is that it gives you money, a connection to the world and a routine. Freedom from financial stress also means freedom in your art. As photographer Bill Cunningham says, if you don't take money, you can't tell, they can't tell you what to do. Um, so the notes I 
wrote for this, and I'm you have to excuse me, I've earned my explicit tag for this chapter. Um, remember the fuck you pay me days of the garbage cast? Well, this is what I was trying to get at. It's nothing personal. It also shouldn't be an obligation, but you should have passion for it. If you don't love it, then why the fuck are you doing it? Or in some cases, not doing it for free. If you spend more time not doing something or dreading it, then you don't love it. If you spend more time hyping things up and not delivering, you probably don't love it. If you don't do the work, or sorry, if you do the work, but you don't follow through, you also probably still don't love it. Now you can come up with all the excuses or reasons why you don't do it, but at the end of the day, the point of a hobby, in my mind, is enjoyment plus craft equals work. So the next part I have highlighted from this chapter is the worst thing a day job does is take time away from you, but it makes up for that by giving you a daily routine in which you can schedule a t regular time for your creative pursuits. Here's the, the part that's highlighted in, in italics. Establishing and keeping a routine can be even more important than having a lot of time. Inertia is the death of creativity. You have to stay in the groove. When you get out of the groove, you start to dread the work because you know it's going to suck for a while. It's going to suck until you get back into the flow. I don't think more truer words have been spoken about how to be creative. At the end of the day, it's all about inertia and momentum. The thing that you need to do is do it and then keep doing it and keep doing it until it builds and it gets better and then you still have to keep doing it. And it's gonna suck. It's definitely gonna suck in the beginning. No matter what creative work you're doing, if you're drawing, if you're doing podcasts, the very beginning, it's not gonna be very good. And until you develop your own style, it's still not gonna be very good. Um, I've been to a lot of podcasting conferences where you hear people like, I, I got this really good podcast idea, I have 100 episodes recorded and it's in the bank and I'm just waiting for like a, a something, a, a sponsor, a, a network, um, some special day where they're gonna finally put out those podcasts. And that's why things like NaNoWriMo are awesome because you know it comes every year and you know you're gonna try and spend any, every day of that month writing. It's, it's that simple. It's all about momentum and inertia. So here are my notes. I'm sorry, I, this is getting personal. It's nothing against any particular person, but this is experiences from my own personal podcasting journey. So you can take it as it is. Yes, as Jackie has told me time and time again, he's an adult and apparently I'm not. I'm not gonna dispute the fact that I am afforded a lot more free time to pursue my creative projects than perhaps him or anybody else. However, I'm also not gonna fucking apologize for that either. As you all know, I've worked jobs for employers before having to go back to work for my family. Um, but I don't think it was a detriment to my podcast protection, except for that job where I worked uh, 
AV, and I knew my schedule literally the day before or the day of. Um, it's, however, from working there, I realized the importance of setting a routine in both the generation and production of your creative efforts. I hate to sound like Shia LaBeouf, but it really is that simple. You don't get anywhere without doing it. All of it. Whatever it is. A lot of podcasts get stuck in the idea or creation stages, but it only really is a podcast when it's on the feed. As a podcaster, you're only as good as the last podcast published. Nobody's saying that it has to be the most polished, best podcast that's ever been made. In reality, it's probably not going to be that. And nobody's saying that you can't try new things. You can totally do that on podcasts. I know a bunch of podcasters, including myself, who do a bunch of different things and put them on the, sing the single feed. Try new things. Do different ways, but don't let that stop you from making and publishing your art. It's really the second hurdle, biggest hurdle of being a podcaster. Part one is making it. The other part is publishing it and having it be used to being out there. The author says, the solution is really that simple. Figure out what times you can carve out and what times you can steal and stick to your routine. Do the work every day, no matter what. No holidays, no sick days, don't stop. What you'll probably find is that corollary of Parkinson's law is usually true. Work gets done in the time available. It's that simple. Part of being an artist is making sure you do the work every time that's available. If you don't, you're more likely to not follow through, to not enjoy it, to just not do it. So it's really about, again, momentum and inertia. Um, the next page is a calendar he used for his first book of just basically every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, the day X's on every day he wrote. So the next subchapter is get yourself a calendar. And he says, amassing a body of work or building a career is a lot about the slow accumulation of little bits of effort over time. So what I have written down is it's all about inertia and momentum, again. When you create a routine and stick to it, you break down the work into more smaller, more attainable steps. The more you work, like sorry, the more work you accumulate, the more confidence and body of work you have to show for it. Whatever schedule you can create, whether daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, do it. As much as you can, and keep track of each time you do. It'll help motivate you to keep at it. Miss a day, week, month, just do it the next time. Don't let not doing it get momentum because it, that builds too. But MMD, I can't stick to uh, anything long enough to create a routine. And for the longest time, this was my problem as well. It was only through doing I'm Done With This Podcast in its very first iteration, uh, every week with a co-host, every Saturday basically, um, that I basically develop the confidence 
to, um, first of all, speak into a microphone and then take that conversation and try to listen to it again, especially when you have uh, a very low self-confidence. It's, it's mind-boggling how I didn't get lost in that first step. However, by doing it over and over again, editing it, you know, having some funny episodes and having some shitty episodes, you kind of get used to uh, that workflow. And then eventually you get used to it. That's what gave me the confidence to try new things and new formats. And then from there, I eventually uh, transformed it into the Garbage Cast. It would never have happened without that uh, Forerunner podcast. First, you got to get used to doing the work and sticking to a, a routine. And like I said, the next hurdle is to put it out there and accepting that. After that, it's about repeating those two steps again and again until you have something to show for it. And then he talks about how Jerry Seinfeld has a calendar, a big wall calendar, and he writes every day new jokes, which I don't know how because his jokes are as lame as ever. Where are these new jokes? Anyways, I guess... They are somewhere, but after that, when you do your joke writing, I say that in quotes because it's not probably joke writing, um, for a few days you all have a chain and it'll be your responsibility to not break that chain. He says, just keep at it and the chain will grow longer every day. You'll like seeing that chain especially when you get a few weeks under your belt. And about that responsibility, I have one more thing to add. I'm not Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not the author. And you can take my advice for what it is. But I think it's great to have a chain. It's great to do the work, whatever. That's all well and good. But what's more important is... To not break the chain, but also not let the chain, if it's broken, break you. I think that's the other key downfall of most uh, people when they pursue a creative art. They get so hung up on not doing the thing that they want to do that they dread it more than doing it. So at that point, it's not something that you love. This all comes back full circle. Uh, first full fucking circle. I can't even speak now because it's just the same things that we're talking about all chapter. <sighs> Unlike if we learn from the Me Too movement and, and what's going on in modern times. Like Aaliyah says, if at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. You got to keep doing it. It's that simple. So the next chapter is keep a logbook. Now, I need to preface this by saying that I am very bad at organization. So you shouldn't probably take a logbook advice from me. But the author says, just as you need to chart your future events, you also need to chart your past events. A logbook isn't necessarily a diary or a journal. It's just a little book in which you list the things you do every day. What project you worked on, where you went to lunch, what movie you saw. It's 
much easier than keeping a detailed diary and you'd be amazed at how helpful having a daily record like this can be, especially over several years. The small details will help you remember the big details. A logbook basically tells you what you did that day. It helps you keep semi-detailed notes on your progress. And so you can take that for what it's worth. It's not my style of organization, uh, especially when it comes to podcasting. That's up to you if you need to, like I've taken, there's many things I've taken from this book. Uh, making a logbook is not gonna be one of them. So there's pages from his logbook. The last subchapter is marry well. And the author says, who you marry is the most important decision you'll ever make. And marry well doesn't just mean your life partner. It also means who you do business with, who you befriend, who you choose to be around. Relationships are hard enough, but it takes a real champion of a person to be married to someone who's obsessed with a creative pursuit. And my notes on that chapter is, when it comes to your creative hobbies and passions, a good partner will always encourage you to do your hobbies rather than prevent you from doing it. Life permitting. If in fact you are truly passionate about it. I can say from my personal experience, because my girlfriend is my best example, that she's never once prevented me from doing my podcast or any particular hobby I wanted to do. In most cases, she actively enables it or furthers it. The garbage cast would have never survived without her by actively encouraging me, by being my editor for certain conversations I wanted to have on the garbage cast conversations or suggesting different topics. Without her, I wouldn't have the confidence to keep doing it when I really hate it. And, and that's what you need in a partner, especially if you wanna be an artist. And I think that's it for the chapter. Yeah, next one is chapter 10. Okay, so we're getting down to the end of the book. I'm pretty sure after 10 is the final conclusion, deleted scenes. And I guess we'll do some sort of wrap-up chapter, um, maybe looking at the entire book. I don't know, this is my first time doing a book podcast. I'm really working heavily off of... Um, the Sneijnerg model of talking about books on podcasts, because I, I have no concept of this. I just wanted to try something new and push myself and maybe learn something at the same time. I think through this journey, so far, I think we've both hopefully have. We'll know when we get to the end. So for Yo, It's Lit, I'm MD. This has been Chapter 9 of Steel Like an Artist by Austin Cleon. Another one is in the books. Read it. We live.